Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for today, the 12th of October. Remember, if you're good enough, you're strong enough, and got started. Somebody's got to win that money. And, uh, well, the Sims, it's kind of frequently us. You see these every day. You know, it's kind of easy to just jam in running quarterbacks and kickers and win the Sims on uh, days like this. One, two different ones yesterday, I think. Just two different versions of the same one, though. That's right. Okay, never mind. This is uh this was before and after a stack correction. So it went pretty well, but it is just one thing. I did have a baseball thing from the day before yesterday, but yesterday was meh. You probably heard my overall baseball um things not uh coming true. And yeah, I did not have any of the guys hitting two home runs. I definitely didn't have any lineup with both of them, so didn't win any money yesterday. That's how it goes. Meh, whatever. Okay, so uh, this is going to be the showdown show. We're going to go over showdowns because um, there's two of them that are matter today. We're going to go over the baseball one first for a little bit and then the mostly the Monday night football one for a lot at the end. Um, just because, you know, I have a lot of more advanced techniques I like to do for football and it's a million dollars. So proportionally more time. Um, let's see. So if, for this, didn't see any weather. I just went to the weather page for a second for those of you on the podcast. Again, welcome. Uh, thanks a lot. Yesterday, we did a great job getting a bunch of likes there. If we could get to double digits, that'd be great today. Uh, for the likes, I really appreciate you guys coming by, um, subscribing, commenting, all that, helping me out in the algorithm. It helps a lot. Thanks for coming by. Almost at 100 subscribers now. It's always pretty nuts. Um, well, small village of us. It's nice. So for the uh, baseball game, the captains I have chosen that I think are in play are Strider and Ranger Suarez. And Ranger Suarez, again, Ranger, I don't know if I'm supposed to say how you say his name, but I think he's going to be closer to 10% owned. I just don't, I think people are sharper than not playing the uh, the pitcher's captain because um, he's not bad. He's going to be fine. Um, matter of fact, if that's what they've got him projected for in the captain, that's a bit conservative. I'll probably change that a little bit, probably goose that. Because, I mean, he is, after all, a captain or a, uh, a pitcher. And so, like, if he go- gets going, He'll give you more points than 11 or whatever. He'll give you like 13.5 or something. He's he's worse than Strider, but just not that, that much worse than Strider. And actually Strider might be, well, I guess he's going to be on a short leash. But anyway, I think that's definitely reasonable to do to this. I will probably leave it. Yeah, I'm going to leave it that way for the um, when I actually run it. Because he should definitely be better than all the hitters, right? I mean, in terms of upside, expected upside, it's possible somebody hits two home runs or something. But in terms of like... Guy pitches five innings, does fine, gives up one run, gets a win. That gets you to 20. I mean, you don't have to do anything special, I mean, to get to 20 as a pitcher. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a conservative projection for him. And what they were going with originally is a bit too conservative. This is a captain's projection screen we're on. Uh, other guys who have just way too low captain's ownerships, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, and Marcelo Zuna. So if that's really true and any of these are even close to order of magnitude right, those are going to be your highest leverage plays just because those guys could hit a home run at any time. But you don't need them because you got, well, I, I'm not going to play 70% Strider. So let's limit that to, what, 40? He's good, but also you're going to have trouble getting unique. If you have Strider and Captain, you have to do some other stuff. So 40-40 and then sprinkling the other 20. 40% Ranger is a lot. Let me go 25 to 30. I like the play, so I'll do 30 just because it's the it's not a day game. He's going to be on a tight leash, but if he gets there, he gets there real good. I don't know. So I'm, I'm keeping him at 30. And then it looks like the uh, 
the SaberSim software really likes Ozuna. I'll probably cap him at 15 just because I don't want to be more than 10x the field on Ozuna. And then sprinkle it into Austin Riley next and then Olsen uh, last place. That makes sense. Uh, oh, right. And you want to know the um, the relievers that are in play for me, Rysel Iglesias, Matt Strom, and then Joe Jimenez, Gregory Soto, and Brad Hand if you want you know more leverage, depth pieces, whatever, to get different. Oh, my settings, right. Settings for this. Uh, leaving between 500 and 1500 on the table. And I do think I'm still, uh, uh, no, not screening for dupes. Now I'm doing it entirely by salary restriction because the, the geometric mean ownership thing works in such a small range of salary and that's not the range I'm working in. So as long as we're working in these crazy ranges, trying to win a million dollars, we don't need to worry that much about, are we going to be duped? Because we're going to be duped by one, two or three of you who are carefully watching the show would be my absolute pleasure to win $600,000 and chop it with one of you guys tonight. So let's do it. Um, so I'm going to review a little bit about Monday Night Football. I don't didn't see it. Uh, probably is in the um, the SaberSim software, but I just want to review the hit-by-hit thing here. I kind of like it like a show, like the showdown show, right? So first we had Go Dolphs taking it from Uticao by leaving 8,100 on the table. That's a lot. So, But I, I think it's instructive. Let me pull this up to the bigger screen for you guys to look at all the average salaries of these guys. Now you don't, I don't care about Roto Grinders rank. This is kind of, okay, it ranks McLovin the most. I know why he plays a lot. I mean, like he, I, I don't, he's one of the most prolific. Is he number one? Meh, I don't know. Like maybe they're keeping track of ROI. I don't know actually how Roto Grinders rank plays in. I probably should read it because it's displaying now. Udicow is one of the best though. And McLovin is one of the best. So you can see McLovin only left 1900 on the table and still made the top 20 of this list. That's pretty impressive. Other, uh, I wanted to call out, Jesse also made this list on only 120, not 150. It's pretty sharp to be making the top 20 of Unique. So just because you don't see a Roto-Grinders rank thing, who cares? I mean, some guys just don't play a lot. Some guys don't do whatever. I mean, I'm not going to be Roto-Grinders ranked, but I'm still putting sharp lineups in there, you know what I mean? But I will say, all these sharp lineups seem to have about the exact salary range that I had suggested. Right. So my my uh, what, what I suggest for I'm always giving you guys a salary range. Just so I think uh, 40 to 45 K is what I said. Um, Uniques maybe having to go to 35 K. And what did we find? Yep. Uniques went down to 35 K probably for the lowest because the average was 42 um, and, and the optimal ROI. Yeah. 40 to 45 K. Well, that was a little bit. Oh, right. I say Uniques. Where was my uniques? Yeah. Optimal ROI was 45 to 48. And then once we got news about Aaron Jones, I shifted down one to two. So 43 to 46 is what I was suggesting for optimal ROI. 43 to 46. Um, and yeah, I just point out again, 43 to 46 is the range that you are using if you were a shark trying to win a million dollars on that. So we're going to do it again. We run it back. That's still the range. It's uh, tonight. Our settings are ah, 45 to 48. So I don't think you need to get as crazy. We don't have the Aaron Jones news today. Um, I am not, I have not done even a conservative screening. So towards the top, when you're only leaving 2000 on the table, you might run into like 20 or 30 dupes for some of these lineups. Um, but that's fine. I found salary restriction to really outperform geometric mean ownership filtering. 
and in the region where you've significantly salary restricted your lineup, who cares about ownership anymore? You're the only dude, right? Like those are your lineups. Like it's you and like Utakao and Osama is like, are you and some other guys randomly hitting on the same lineups? You don't need to estimate like it's a, you know, a bath of people and you multiply them independently. They're not independent at this point. It's you and like 10 sharks fighting for it. So welcome to the party. Welcome to the shark party. Welcome to the shark party is a pretty good name for an episode. Okay, so here's my pool. I wanted to rank them by projections just so you can see the overall strategy, and then I'll rank them by ownerships, and we can talk about what that's about. Kelsey, obviously, is the projected top scorer on the slate for non-quarterbacks. I don't play quarterback and captain because it's too hard to get unique. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's very likely that they wind up being optimal, particularly tonight. Um, Mahomes would have to spread it way around because any of his. Um, lower uh you know Justin Washington catches one all of a sudden he's going to be the optimal captain you know they're way too inexpensive they're not efficiently priced uh so I, that's why I've ruled out Mahomes is because any one of his pass catchers will be better and a similar argument for Russell Wilson which is that he's very I think he's rarely going to wind up being more optimal than one of his pass catchers also so I feel less convinced in my, my argument for excluding Russell Wilson so since I'm not convinced in the argument I'm making to you, I'm adding him back to the pool now. As a quarterback captain at 10%, it's way too, I'm sure his optimal percent is actually like 15 or 20. So I think you got to you got at least consider a little bit of Russell here. Because he could theoretically spread it around between Judy and Sutton and whoever it is. Speaking of whoever it is, that's we did have news that, uh, yikes, a little embarrassed for Saberson that they weren't on this. But do not play little Jordan Humphrey. He is not on the, the uh, Broncos anymore as of yesterday. So he shouldn't have been in the sim last night, guys. Thumbs down to checking your injury reports before running those. And then the other thing we got to watch is whether or not Dolchich is going to be activated. He's off the IR, but only did a limited practice. So I don't know. I'd like to see a guy get a full practice in, like if I'm, you know, just as thinking as a coach. Because tight end's not a position where you can, like, take it easy, right? Like he's going to be out there really jamming it, throwing blocks and stuff. So we'll have to pay attention. But if Dolchich is active, then we're going to nix all of the positive things I am saying about one of the, hold on, who is it? We got, I'll click the value plays and order them by value right quick so I can tell you. Manhurts. Manhurts is completely off the board if, um, uh, what's his name is in? Dolchich. But if Dolce is out, Manhurts will be out there for a third of the snatch as snaps as a blocking tight end and maybe as a bit they throw it to him. So he's definitely in play at stone minimum because he's out there for a third of the snaps. It's nuts at the stone minimum. Um, okay. So besides that, let me go over captains first and then we'll get to these weird value pieces where you are. Feel free to disagree with my stupid projections alterations. Um, yeah. So, you know, basically any pass catcher, any uh, receiver, Pacheco, um, did I include all of the running backs? I didn't include Jarek McKinnon, right? Because the I should probably include McKinnon. They're just not getting enough snaps. So McKinnon and CEH and are not getting enough snaps. The one game where they went off, they went off together. So I included probably, I should tell you the rules. I have currently got it set one of Jarek McKinnon or CEH, because I think they're the game scripts, right? Jarek McKinnon is the passing game script. CEH is the we're running it down their throats and we're tired of running so much Pacheco game script. 
So I think they get there in different game scripts. And so that's why I think we can do a max one. And I think either one can be played with Pacheco because they get like they could get there together. In you know the passing game script, they get there because Pacheco jams it in and vultures a touchdown. And you know, after 80 yards of whatever from <laughs> McKinnon, or vice versa. I mean, um, with CEH, they could get there just running it down their throats the whole game. So I, I'm not against playing those two uh running backs together. For Kansas City receivers, so now I'm basically I'm talking about flex stuff. So let me transition over to flex. You know my general, oh yeah, I should say which captains I wound up captaining more so far. I'm making a sample pool of 150 because I have a lot of 150 maxers who watch this. I only do 20, so I'll pair this down to 20. Uh, but they'll be the same general. This is the same pool I'll use. Um, yeah, so it'll just be, I'll get to the more conservative of these lineups. And you guys will get to the ones that win, as it often goes. So we will be running, looks like, about 70% with both Wilson and Mahomes. Great. Great. I had way too few of those on Monday. It was really uncomfortable with how few double quarterback lineups I had. Um, love the way this is looking. This is my first look. You guys know I always set the exposures and stuff, and then I, I walk away. We've got some weird stuff here, but some good stuff, too. Okay, so let me talk about my value plays because those are most of what's going on here. Number one, don't play little Jordan Humphrey, currently the top native value in Saberson, not on the team as far as I'm aware. Um, I've buffed CEH because I think there's a game script where he plays 20% of snaps and smashes, gets a touchdown, whatever. They get tired of running Pacheco. Obviously, Pacheco's better. Don't play CEH like over Pacheco. That's not what this is. I'm guessing, actually, yeah, let's find out. How many Pacheco do we have in the CEH lineups? 23% there. And how many captain? 16% captain. So we have 40% CEH and Pacheco together. I'm totally fine with that. That sounds just fine. Don't shy away from that. That sounds like the right game script 40% of the time. Where Kansas City absolutely is smashing it down their throats. Okay, now let's talk about some other game scripts because that's not that's only 40%. So in the remaining 60%, 20% of the time, probably just Pacheco getting there with some reasonable amount of running. It's not a complete smash. That may be 20% of the cases. Then you got the 40% of the cases that are um, Wilson getting there. So again, this is them doing some passing because I just don't, I don't see the game script of Javante Williams runs it down their throats or Samaj Perrine runs it down their throats or... Jaleel McLaughlin runs it down their throats. These guys are not running down your throats guys to me. So I don't have them with Pacheco's upside and I'm not considering those game scripts as part of my like bucket of game scripts or whatever. They're possible, but like, yeah, they're possible in like Madden universe <laughs> more than they are in real universe. Um, but Brandon Johnson is under projected. So I'm pretty confident in this um, of the lower stakes guys he just hasn't caught a pass yet but he's running more more routes than mims and people just love mims so they're just they had to project him above mims because people love mims is that what, what was his native projection 4.26 versus mims at 4.07 but if you look at their actual routes right it's hilariously different so i was looking at the tight end stuff but if you go back to mims is at 17 snaps a game johnson's 30 like i mean maybe mims is getting target yeah look at this the actual point production currently is double. Do I think that's sustainable? No, I don't think that's sustainable. I think if, unless Mims gets more opportunities, Brandon Johnson is just as fine of a play and is underpressed. So I'm the guy telling you to play Brandon Johnson today um, for the leverage versus playing Mims. Um, 
you can remember me when there is a Mims touchdown today and I'm sad. Yeah, that's the thing. When I do things like this, this is completely a garbage in, garbage out slate. If the things that I'm telling you that I've set things up don't run, if this doesn't hit, I'm not going to win a million dollars tonight. But if it hits, I'm going to be first, second, and third. That's the way it works. That's what I'm setting up for. I'm going to run probably five or 10 milli lineups in addition to 20 of the smaller dollar. Because this is fun. There's just so much uncertainty here. Let me tell you the other lineup rules. That's why I'm happy to tell you. Like 150 lineups, you're not going to cover it all. There's a lot of possibilities. Um, max two Kansas City wide receivers. Look at this uncertainty. This is what I love. I mean, like, can you can you imagine a better wide receiver pool for like season, like the whole season? Not like there's been a big movement within this pool than this. This is so fun. <laughs> Look at this. Justin Ross, 20%. Kadarius Tony, 20%. Rashi Rice, 40%. Justin Watson, 40%. MVS, 60%. It's gross. It's so gross, and all of them have upside. So, what did I do? I said, well, let's give some of them. Let's give them some of that upside. I think Watson, Rice, MVS, Sky Moore, or Kadarius Tony, all of them have about equal chance of catching that big pass, right? Like the, the one that matters in the game. And I think it's possible there are two ones that matter in the game, right? Like passes that are not to Travis Kelsey being the ones that matter. So <laughs> long pass. So that's what we're going to, that's how I play it. I'm going to choose a bundle of up to two Kansas City wide receivers that are not Travis Kelsey. And I think that, you know, if they catch the touchdowns, that's where, you know, we get there. And yeah, look, I, I assume the actual ownerships we get to, yep not favoring any one of them at all. Slightly above the field on all of them. Exactly what I would have hoped to see over here. Massively above the field on Brandon Johnson. That's what I mean by garbage in, garbage out. It doesn't work, it doesn't work. Mims, we're going to be under the field because I think he's outperforming his opportunities. Granted, I think he should have more opportunities. I think he's great. But also, I do not think he's like significantly better than Jerry Judy. You know what I mean? At this stage in his career. And the fact is... I just, he's more than two and one and a half times his fantasy point per snap production. So just like with the A-chain argument, I am on team. This will regress. I do not believe Marvin Mims has that level of production in him long term. And also, there's just a, it's not just regression to the mean. It's also um, uh, the thing with um, as you increase volume, the average decreases just like, what's that called? Anyway, there's a there's a rich person's dilemma as well that I've started to encounter. Uh, diminishing returns. That's what it is, diminishing returns. So you should encounter some diminishing returns as well. Once you get more than 10 snaps for Marvin Mims, it's possible they don't throw the ball at all and you get a freaking Sky Moore situation. That's where I'm a little not sure what to do because in this Kansas City offense, there are a couple people who are getting more snaps than the rest. The whole season and last week. It's not like that. Let me double check the last week part of it. 60%. We're still seeing 60%. Yes. Sky Moore and MBS are, are no question the one and two here. They are also no question the one and two least points per snap. So you know what we're going to do over here? We're going to stick our neck out and we're going to, we're going to reflect the data because that's what a guy does. A guy got to reflect the data. I can't make them all tens. The upside's a little higher if Sky Moore or MVS goes off, because they're out there, the upside on those guys is maybe more like a 12. 20% higher, because they're out there 20% more snaps. See, that's got that cute logic to it. I like that kind of logic. So there we go. Happy with that. 
I'm reflecting the snap counts that are both season long last week. I'm expecting no change. If you expect a change, you use that, right? Like if you're a big Kadarius Tony head and you want to pop Kadarius Tony up to 60% and you think Sky Moore gets, I mean, like, you know, you look at this screen, I'm sure what's his name? Uh, what's his name being the coach of Kansas City? Would be looking at a very famous guy who looks like a walrus. Man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trouble myself thinking of his name right now. Um, it's bothering me so much that I can't remember Andy Reid's name. Okay, there we go. I, I got there in the sentence where I was gonna be mad about it. But I I think there's a reasonable case that any of the, of the other receivers should be out there more. But I also think there's a reasonable case that uh, Andy Reid doesn't care and he's going to do the exact same thing he's going to be doing. And he's going to cite this to himself as an example. It's working, right? Like he's a little bit of a not so crazy coach. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. It looks like if you perform, you, you have a better chance of scoring his offense if you're never out there. Okay. So play all the guys who aren't out there, I guess. I, I have no idea what to tell you with this offense and the wide receivers, except it's going to be fun. And somebody's probably going to win an actual million dollars tonight because of some extremely dumb stuff. Although I will say it was really fun for yesterday in the WNBA showdown. You know, I'm in all the showdowns, man. I just can't, it's not enough meat on the bone to make a, a video about it all. But the WNBA showdown, guy won $10,000 alone because of last second garbage time free throw. I love that. I love stuff like that. I mean, I was barely watching the game. I didn't even see the free throw that won it. And then I was like, oh, cool, a solo winner. How did that happen? A bunch of you were probably sad. I saw some friends' names in the second and third, no, third place. It was not this unique second spot, which was also clever. It also had that same person who hit the free throw. Uh, okay, so I think I've said all the names, the, the people I've buffed and said done crazy things to. I'm sorry, done unusual projections things to. I'll try to not be um, pejorative. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, like, if you sort these by value, you probably get a good sense of what I think is going on with this pool. And um, if you, yeah, Nate Adkins is another player that is, I don't think is going to be in my player pool. I'm just going to go ahead and X him out. Do not need to have any lineups with backup tight end Nate Adkins, who's, like, not even on the field, even when Dolchitz is out. So don't need that guy. Probably don't need Bell or Burton either. Hey. Backup tight ends. Okay. Okay. Let's look. Now, now, I mean, like, the problem is we're going to have weeks where, where Kelsey's out in here. So Gray and Bell and Burton, I mean, is Burton, Burton's a running back. But yeah, okay, never mind. But Bell, he's he's not he's not out there. Well, this is week five. Oh, that's a Kelsey back week. He was out there 30% of snaps. So that's up to 150%, 50% of the time they're running two, wide, two tight ends on the season, too? Is that it up? One, I am currently adding up the amount of um, snaps played for tight ends. Yes, 159%. So this is the number of snaps played by tight ends this season for Tampa Bay. Adds up to 160% on the season, 150% last week. Means they're running on average. I mean, there could be three tight end sets messing this up, but around 50 to 60% of multi-tight end sets. So I am not unclicking uh, Noah Gray for sure. I am not Unclicking Blake Bell, I guess. I might be buffing Blake Bell. I hate that that's where this argument, where I was about to unclick Blake Bell, is going to lead to me. But I think it is going to lead to me looking at Blake Bell's expected opportunities. He's going to get about 20 snaps. He has about nine points per 100 snaps. So a fifth of nine is nine fifths, which is 1.8. So 
Yes, we've come to the end. Yes, we've come to the end of the road where I am buffing Blake Bell to be the value of the slate based on what is some extremely questionable math. So make sure when you do that, you go over here and you say, I don't want this to ruin all of my lineups. I want a max exposure of 15. Because while I do believe in my Blake Bell argument I just made, because that's a nuts amount of tight end sets. I did not expect to see that. I don't think most people have Kansas City in their mind. I know they know about the tight, the wide receiver rotation. I don't think they know their, the tight end utilization is at 60% two tight end sets is extreme. That's extreme. Um, that tells you they might not really trust those wide receivers. They're not using that much because they'd rather run Blake Bell out there. That's a, whoosh, yikes. But wow, Blake Bell at 1.3% owned. He's making it onto my leverage place of the slate. Because if he makes that one catch, he could do it for you, right? He's stone men. That's the thing with both. So hmm. Blake Bell is a much better play than Chris Manhurts. So even if Dolchich is out, I'm... I think I'm going to have to take Manhurts off just because, no, you know what? They're both the same. They're both fine. The argument is the same and fine. I was going to argue something about, can't you know, Mahomes is a quarterback who's so good or whatever, but it's a stupid emotional argument. Trying to trying to cut out emotional arguments, trying to have more things like Blake Bell being 1.8 as part of the show. So, all right, guys, I think, though, that that is about the amount of fiddling I need to do or, or show you for now. You get the general idea for the slate. I'm going to be heavy on the pass catchers for, um, let me see, actually, who am I currently heavy on? Make sure this is true. Yep. Uh, Russell Wilson. I'm going to be way over on Russell Wilson and Brandon Johnson and Cortland Sutton. That is not a mistake. Probably, yeah. Probably makes sense to get to Brandon Johnson instead of, like, Judy or somebody, I suppose. So, yeah, that's what's happening there. I I'm not against getting to Judy. I want to be overweight on the Broncos passing attack is what I thought I'd be showing you here. That much Justin Watson, he's fine. He, he's You've seen those average depth of the target on the Justin Watson passes this year are nuts. He's only thrown like 30 yards to Justin Watson. It's insane. So fine. Get to Actually, you know what? <laughs> While I'm on this sputtering bit, let me see if Justin Watson, yes, is in my pool and my highest leverage captain. I was pretty excited about it. I was like, well, you know, I'm so excited about the possibilities for Justin Watson upside. I better go make sure it's reflected in my captain ownership. And it is. So, uh, yeah, I think stopping editing things when you've tried to make a few edits and they are already there is a good way to go. Because you don't want to over edit. I, I have told the story a lot. But on Haywood Highsmith High Night, my very last edit, was going from 13% Captain Highsmith to 9% Captain Highsmith because I was a little unsure about the play. So it probably cost me, who knows, unknown thousands. Maybe there was a Millie lineup in there. I, I never double-checked if it was the optimal we played that night. But I do know it was wrong to, to be more negative on Highsmith. I should have gone with my gut initially. And you got to double-check that you're not doing too many layers of thinking and getting too far removed from your initial gut. You're not giving some dude in your council of dudes, including me, too much credence. You need to listen to what I say and put that in your own process, right? Like you are the supreme ruler of your council of dudes. It's your gut that decides things, right? So you listen to the dude, you, you decide, okay, which of these arguments sounded good? Which of them sounded flimsy? Do I love Blake Bell? Do I not love Blake Bell? You know, that kind of thing. Do I love Justin Watson? Do I not love Justin Watson? But that's your decision. My decisions are, you know, I just told you what they were going to be, the way I'm playing the slate. And, you know, yeah. Um, so, hey, you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it. Between you, me, and uh, about a couple hundred thousand other people, somebody does have to win that money. 